Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD. When we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up. So sit back, relax, and get comfy. Lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten. Coming straight out of Gotham. out in the DC universe. Welcome to another episode of Straight Gotham, episode 94, the worst year in the history of the NHL. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading on over to BOF, click that drop-down tab, and check out the buffet of podcasts for your nerdy needs. I'm your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River. I'm a senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter R. Varante, recording on October 16th, 2022, the final day of the New York Yankees baseball season. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you, all of our faithful listeners, that if you take the time to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and we read your review now, you've just won the monthly Straight Outta Gotham prize pack. So make sure you get those reviews in like Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, tell Eric what your favorite achievement uh, is of his uh, great historical career, because uh, let's be honest, Eric loves a good pat on the back. Now, let me introduce you to my partner in crime, the man who won the 1985 Pine Valley Pumpkin and Squash Division Picking Championship, ladies and gentlemen, a Batman on Film Junior contributor, Mr. Eric Holzman. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Uh, once again, for that uh, stunning stroll down memory lane for me, uh, that was well, a, I was just a young boy at the time. But uh, yeah, these you could pick a hell of a pumpkin, dude. Especially at that age too, they're so damn heavy. So you have to pick it up and roll it. And did you have like a red wagon? No, it had to be all done just from your brute strength. Well, you were just the man for the job. I was at the ripe old age of five. I could do it and take care of that roll the pumpkin and the squash. You know what? I just thought about something mm. with squash. No. Why is it called squash? I have no idea. You don't know? Why is it? Why is it called raspberry? It should just be a raspberry. That's true. I don't know. How do I, I don't know. Anyway, it's weird. Pumpkin technically is squash. But it has a different name. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand. I don't I don't get that part of it. If anyone out there knows, you can let me know because I have no idea. But um Pete I, also mentioned this is going to be the last day of the Yankee season. And I I mean, it's possible. But don't be don't be that way, man. We have did we you, have Cole. We have Cole on the mound. I did. I saw what happened yesterday and Friday. Yes, I saw both the games. Uh but <laughs> Cole's on the mound. I feel like Rick Pitino. Mariano Rivera is not walking through that door. <laughs> oh, but like I said, we got our ace. Cole's pitching tonight. I'll, you know. I expect like Cole to pitch like really good. And then, you know, whoever. <laughs> the bullpen the comes bullpen in. Blow it, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure Holmes will pitch tonight. I'm sure Clay Holmes will definitely pitch tonight. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been crazy. Again, like we were talking before we came on to record and. They've been in every game. It's been small things here or there. Uh, they were leading in every game too. Uh, it's just been small little things here or there that have cost them. And, you know, it probably goes back to managing. Like we said, uh, you know, Terry Francona is a hall of fame manager on the other side. 
So, you know, he, he makes decisions and you don't kind of question it and you kind of roll with it. Even when he makes bad ones, he has that cachet. But with Aaron Boone, because of how everything happened with him and he always gets, you know, it's always people are always going to look at him. So well, but definitely the experience leans he won anything. <laughs> yeah. And the experience. I mean, he's won. A, he's won 100 games almost every. That's yeah, that's great. What's that but, got me? Yep. You're right. You're right. And especially for Yankees, for some, you know, because we're so attuned, accustomed to winning uh, when they don't perform well. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season when you don't perform well in the playoffs. Uh, that's where we that's where we count. That's why like that's why fans were booing Aaron Judge on Friday because he hadn't done squat after having such a great season. Yeah, I, fans are booing him. I don't know if it's as much as booing Judge as it is just booing the team because they were playing poorly. In my opinion, um, you know, I wouldn't boo Judge myself, but I can boo the team as a whole. <laughs> well, I think I mean living here most of my life. If you're paying money to go to these games, boo away. Even if I was oh, an yeah, athlete, I, I won't tell anybody what to do. I yeah. just, you know, if even if I was one of the athletes, I'd be like, hey, they pay money to come watch us. If we suck, boo us. That's, and that's, that's kind of been Judge and Stanton's uh, reply: be like, well, I'm not doing my job. You know? Yeah, they get it. You know, they understand. Um, but don't lose, don't lose faith, Pete. Do not I lose, lose faith. faith. I, I, <laughs> I, you know. I expected them to win the series. I hope they win the series. Uh, you know, you know, Cleveland's been very lucky. Um, they've been hitting them where they ain't. Yep. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's that's the playoffs. That's baseball, Susan. You know, like <laughs> I mean, who thought the Phillies and the Padres would be your NLCS? Yeah, definitely. That's even more surprising to me uh, you know, than the, what's going the, on here. The Dodger season ends on a Freddie Freeman strikeout. How fitting. Yep. Right. You know? <laughs> The Phillies so who probably wouldn't be in the playoffs with the old format are now four wins away from the World Series. Yeah, just down the road. It's a little bit more. I got to deal with it more than you do. You def that's true. You definitely have to deal with so, it more. Than I, I think do. I'm. I think I'm rooting for San Diego here. But I have the Met fans who could like to deal with who are crying that the not only that they lost, but that the Phillies are now the team. And then they're tormenting playing. you because the Yankees lost. Yeah, so. right. So I'm getting it from both angles. Uh, in this one, but again, guys, like we said, we're it's Sunday morning or afternoon now that we're recording. So a Ravens win would make me feel pretty good. I'll tell you that. It'd be a nice <laughs> little pickup. If I could watch the Ravens and Lamar Jackson just utterly destroy the Giants at home, that would be nice. Well, this this is one of the games I think that will will tell the tale of the Giants season. Um they've been very good so far. More just they haven't made a lot of mistakes and playing within themselves. And Brian Dable is a great coach. So they've been it's amazing very, very how good. a good coach can get a lot out of his players and a fraud can't do anything. So that's true. A memo to the Yankee organization. <laughs> so it's, that's fair. I mean, it is fair, uh, but it's a great, uh, it's cool to not, I'm not a Giants fan. As everyone knows, I'm a Jets fan, but it's cool that both teams right now are playing well. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually so. been it's been interesting because you had both baseball teams had really good regular seasons. It seems both football teams are having good regular seasons. Uh, apparently, the Rangers look really good. Um, we'll see. I don't know how the Islanders have been doing, but the Devils are zero and two. And uh, well, we'll see what happens in basketball season. But uh, as of right now, uh, people in this area have been fairly entertained. Well, I, speaking of the Islanders, I actually went to the game last night. Uh, they they won, had a big game last night, right? They won seven to one. Um, 
four four goals by defensemen, which is rare. That's crazy. Yeah, four of the goals were by defensemen. So, but it was fun. If you guys live in this area, haven't been to UBS Arena yet, you should just go just to whether it's a concert or whether they're just to go because it's it's a really really cool place. I hear the parking lot sucks. Well, that's everywhere you go. It doesn't matter. Everywhere you go in this area or anywhere now, you pay like tons of money for. Well, it's not the money. I just hear I hear the parking lot. Just it's it's not like. At least from last year, it was just hard to get in and out. Okay. Um, like there was like one exit, like a bad bottleneck or something. Uh, they've kind of fixed that this year because now they have, they build a parking garage across the street. Okay. So that kind of helps things. I mean, it's Belmont Racetrack. It always had parking, but now they build it for more capacity because it's yeah, the same place. Yeah, you're going to a lot so, more people. So yeah, but yeah, they're they're one in one now. The Islanders are one in one That's now. Good. And the so, Islanders are always a station wagon crowd. You know, that's the old term. I don't think anybody drives oh, yeah. I mean, swag anymore. But. They're the second team, right? They're, well, it's they're just, like, you know, you pack up your you family, know. you go to the you know, game, you know, it's just, that, that's, that's, that's what that's Well, they mean. built, they built a brand new train station for the arena. Uh, so that they have that now uh, for people to actually get to the game. So, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been cool so far. You're right. The sports scene this year has been very good in this area. So, and then, you know, we'll see what Kevin Durant has to say. Because he's just he's gonna say something crazy. They're him always and, fun. Him and Kyrie are walking tabloids at this point. Yes. The Nets will be a fun team to follow no matter what happens. What <laughs> on the court. Stuff stuff off the court will always be fun to follow with them. Uh speaking of on the court, did you see Jordan Poole getting a huge contract now? 140 million. He this got. all was staged, by the way. I think that him and Draymond worked it out so that he would get a fat check. A fat lip for a fat check. Well, he was. They were this. That was already in discussion. Apparently, next year thirty million. <laughs> so he's uh, not worth one hundred and forty million. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money, man. Well, the reason he got it is because when Curry was out and when Thompson was out, he kind of raised his level of play. Kind of the same reason why Brunson got his contract is because when he raised his level of play, you know, so they're paying for the future, which is what you should do. I never, I never understood paying guys for what they did. You want to pay them for what they're going to well, do. That's what baseball does. That's a baseball move. So, but yeah, Jordan Poole guys, 140 million. God, I should have really should have worked on my jump shot more. Anyway, you should have been. What you should be doing is you should have been a place kicker. Oh, dude. That's like the best job in sports, in my opinion. Best and worst. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> it'll have its moments, but I feel like usually it's it, you get paid pretty nicely. If you're a good one, you do. Like Justin Tucker. I'll take being a bad I'll take is, being a low-end place kicker. They probably make more than your average person anyway. That's true, too, though. That's, that's a fair point. Or a punter. So, yeah, look, I mean, punting. Look at Pat McAfee, right? He was a punter, and now he has a now he has a podcast that brings in more money than that. So that's Pete. See, there's hope. We can Who turn is that Giants punter who's really jacked? Oh, Steve Weatherford. Yeah. He was the Jets punter, too. He played both. Oh, he did? Both, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it. He likes the suburbs. Yeah, he's. I mean, well, I think it's weird for some people when you once you get a taste of the New York area, you don't want to leave, and for other people, once you get a taste of it, you just want to run away. So it really depends. It really depends on the the guy and the personality of the guy. So that that is very true. It can be a it can be a hustle and bustle around here. Yep, it's definitely not for everyone. If you're brought up in it, you. You adapt and you understand it. I don't know how I would do in like Nebraska. Well, I can only compare to when I moved to Florida. 
Mm-hmm. And that was a rough, uh, where were you? That was a rough Florida? transition for me. Huh? Where were you in Florida? Tampa, Tampa area. And you still like, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, with all the transplants. Well, that's the thing. The West coast of Florida is kind of central United States transplants. Mm-hmm. So all the New Yorkers were on the East and I was on the West coast. So that was different too, dealing with people from the Midwest that I'm not, I wasn't used to, but just the slower pace. Uh, did they call you shitty boy? They did not call me city boy. Cause <laughs> I would have probably gotten into some stuff if that happened. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it was just like it's from coming from a place like this where things are constantly moving and everything's available to you almost at all times. Going to a place like there where things close at two o'clock, two a.m. I was in my twenties, so I want to go out, you know. And then you have to two a.m. and things shut down. I was kind of like, "What the hell is this?" Mm-hmm. So it was very, very. It was a weird transition, but uh, I, I adapted for a little while. But it, it wasn't without its uh, rough patch. How bad was the so. pizza, dude? I don't know if I've told the story before, but it was. The pizza of the for the like the non chain places was disgusting, really. Um, but I did find one place that was for about forty minutes from where I lived. They were from Brooklyn, called Sardo's, uh, and that pizza was very good. So once I found them, I would make the trip whenever I wanted to get pizza. I would just go there. Uh, so it was fun. It's crazy. I, I, yes. I don't know if I could live in a place without a pizzeria around the corner. Well, I mean, when, there are they are there. It's just not good. <laughs> no, no, but it's like, like when, when you talk to Javi, it's like pizza is not like common in Texas. Like, oh. no one goes. No one go, he's like, yeah, no one goes out for like a slice. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, we go for tacos. Like, I was like, okay, that's interesting. That's like your kind of like on the go thing to eat. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, regionally, regionally, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So, I found that because you hear that and you're just like, oh wow, really. You know what also makes sense? Let's get into let's get into our news now. Let's let's transition. Uh, maybe not make sense, but Marvel uh, has shifted some dates, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and well, let's throw this in there as well. They've paused production on Blade. All right. So let's first talk about the date switches. Uh, so let's see. First, we had heard that they were moving Blade from September. Most from November 3rd, 2023 to September 6th, 2024. Now that we know that they've actually put production on pause. So we don't know if that date's going to change, but we know that there's been issues with the production of this um, movie already. So, uh, you know, we're going to see what happens there Mm -hmm. going forward with it. Um, It's kind of a bummer. Uh, It's blades. One of the titles that I like, and I really, really wanted to see this happen. it's, It's still on schedule, but, um, I mean, it's, it's still going to happen, but it's the, we just don't know when. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting how troubled blade seems to be. I know Jeff Schneider, um, Snyder, I think it's Snyder, Jeff Snyder. Snyder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was talking about it. Ali's not happy. The scripts being reworked and redone. This might be the most troubled Marvel production to date. Um, they've had director changes in the past. Uh, Ant-Man, uh, multi, uh, Dr. Strange 2, probably the most, uh, remembered. Um, and then, you know, and other people have had issues with Marvel in the past, like Mickey Rourke. So it's, it's few and far between. Um, but you know, it just proves to show you like, you know, while they've kind of almost been Teflon that, uh, this can happen to any studio. 
um it's it's just funny how no one says a, a thing about the mcu like if, if this was warner brothers people would be all up in arms you know and uh they claim to be disrespected and uh you know i just you know there's clearly a bias there and you know marvels are in the right we were talking you know like you know managers are in the right to uh make not be second guessed and it seems like marvel seems to have done that um and it's fine but look these movies are coming i really stay shift and whatnot um to me, it just goes back to like the whole formula of like, let's announce everything all at once. I was like, <laughs> why don't you guys just, you know, bite, you guys seem to bite off more than you can chew. Um, I mentioned Snyder earlier. He, you know, he said right now, like Marvel seems to be running thin. They, they're having trouble with uh, just everything in general. Like they're, they're just stretched too thin right now. And, you know, maybe if they just did a little, you know, I know they've been doing things a specific way, but maybe you're a little full yourself right now because you think you can do whatever you want. So why don't you take a step back, dial it back a little bit, rethink some things and maybe work on a smaller strategy just until you're able to kind of right the ship, you know? And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. No, not at all. Like, like we said, and you keep bringing, like when you bring it up that, you know, no one says anything, they've built up so much goodwill that people kind of just expect, like when stuff happens with Marvel, you're kind of like, okay, they're going to figure it out. It's not a big deal. But because of all the bad will with DC, when stuff happens there, people automatically freak out and think oh, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's just a weird, you're right. It's a weird, um, it's a weird difference, but it's understandable uh, if you really sit back and think about it. Um, but yeah, let's get through some of the other, I'll just give you guys the other date changes. So Deadpool 3 is moving to November 8th, 2024, just a couple of months after its original date of September 6th, 2024. Um, Fantastic Four has been pushed back to Valentine's Day 2025 from the November 8th date that Deadpool has um, now taken over 2024. Uh, and then Secret Wars, which is going to be the culmination of this phase of Marvel stuff, moved to May 1st, 2026, back from November 7th, 2025. Uh, the Kang Dynasty, as of now, still remains on docket for May 20th, May 2nd, 2025. So remember when everyone was like, they're not going to be able to do both Avengers movies in a year? You're right, guys. They're not. <laughs> Again, it's kind of why I'm like, why are you announcing? All, like, it's these these big reveals never seem to work out for Warner Brothers. Like, they announce a slate and, you know, we get like half the movies. Right. But like, and, and I think it's just kind of caught up to Marvel. I really do. I, I don't need to know things that are coming out like seven years in advance. Just let's keep things. Like, I, there's there's so much going on in my life that I have a hard enough time keeping track with what's in front of me for a year. And I feel like that everyone is right now. Like everyone's just, you know, uh, constantly on the go. I don't, we, we talked about like this area being hustle and bustle, but, you know, we're, we're always on the move and everyone's got lives outside of the internet and Twitter and, you know, you're, your DVD shelf. So it's, if you just scale it back a bit, I think you're able to control these air, these, these mistakes and stuff. And, you know, I know everyone likes to get excited and do, do all their streams and discuss, you know, projects for the next 15 years, but man, I just, you guys are thinking too far ahead in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it definitely, it, you know, cause it, raises expectations and then people expect, and then that's when you get the disappointment. So maybe I, I think you could, maybe you want to say like maybe two years in advance or a year you want to give people what's coming in the next year. That might, I think that's fine. Might make a little more sense, but uh, yeah. So don't, but don't freak out guys. These, all these projects are still coming. It's just, obviously they shifted some stuff around and um, 
probably for the better. Like Pete says, the according to Jeff Snyder, they're they're running the very thin. They're stretching themselves a little too thin. So you're gonna have that. Uh, they're gonna have this stuff happen when that happens. So, and I think some of it might have to do with having to like make a show now. Yeah, you know, like you know, you you've got this eight hour production, right? Like it, it takes a long time to make a movie. I can imagine it. it I can't imagine what it's like to make a TV show. You know, a movie's only what three three hours max. Yeah, you know, I eight mean, hours of content. That's that's a lot more content to do. Yep, it's a lot more filming. So, and it's probably more expensive overall. Yeah. You think yeah. about it, it definitely. I well, what the show? Well, just to make a show, I imagine you got to pay. It just everything that involves. I imagine making a show probably. It, it might even out. I don't know. Like I. It it just seems like it's a daunting task to make a an eight hour show if you're the CW or something like that. You're doing twenty two episodes, you know, right? Just grand total, like man. I know I think scheduling, yeah, yeah, and then I, I think, do that too. Yeah, I think the scheduling part of it's probably more difficult with a show. Um, but again, then again, when especially if you're cameo driven like the MCU. Yep, that's fair. You don't know who's available. Yep. So, like. I don't know what Olsen signed up for, but I don't think she thought she was going to get WandaVision when she signed, you know what I'm saying? Like right, she signed up for right. a role in a movie. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you're, you got your own TV show. Like it's great for them financially. And that like uh, the, what's his name? He plays Loki too, but I'm sure they didn't expect that when they first signed on. No, I don't think anyone, well, at, when they first signed on, Disney plus didn't exist. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they definitely probably were not expecting mm-hmm. to get these shows made, but um, like you said, for them, it's it's better for their pockets because they have more work, and you know, it's also yeah. better for their star power because the MCU, the the you know how wide the umbrella is now, how big the umbrella is now that people just know them from those from the MCU. Yeah. So, well, one thing we got from the MCU that we I, you and I are kind of mixed on uh, was She Hulk, Attorney mm-hmm. at Law. Uh, the finale actually just um, passed this week. So before we get into the article, because uh, the deadline interviewed Jessica Gao. Uh, so before we get into the article about um, her, uh, what did you think of the finale? Uh, I mean, I loved it from the get-go. I loved the uh, the homage to uh, Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno's mm-hmm. uh, Hulk show. Um, that was great. I haven't watched every episode of that show, but it w- when it was on Netflix, I watched a good amount, and uh, that was so much fun. I mean, literally... They remade it scene for scene, and I believe the building blowing up was the actual clip from the opening. Like it, yes. it looked the same to me because I went back and rewatched. I was like, "Man, this is." They were so good, and the fact that they called it the Savage She Hulk—that's it's a remembrance to her one of her first titles. And and then the whole, <laughs> I remember watching it. And I was like, "Man, this 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 finale is like kind of crazy. It's like it's so bloated." And then she broke the fourth wall, and she again, and she did what she did her thing, and. We met Kevin, and I thought all that stuff was hysterical, and uh, I, I really appreciated it. Uh, I have only one gripe with the show, and um, and that's be- and it seems like Hulk is very small now. Um, in that yeah. final showdown with Abomination, it seems like Hulk was maybe eight feet tall. <laughs> Whereas if you look at um, Incredible Hulk, he is eye to eye with Abomination. And I talked to this with Kowalski and Haas, and they were like, "Yeah, well, it depends." you know, artist interpretation. But I was like, yeah, I know I've been remembering Hulk for a while, but this seems a lot drastic. You know, like I feel like Hulk's always, even in previous MCU movies, he's just 
seems so much bigger. And uh, yeah. I know Smart Hulk's a thing, but I think he's a little too tiny. She-Hulk should be drastically tinier than She-Hulk and uh, She-Hulk should be drastically tinier than Hulk. And it mm-hmm. just seems like she's not. Um, that's my only gripe. It's a small nitpick. Um, but overall, like I really dug it and everything. And I got to give Feige credit because I don't give him enough credit. Um, the fact that he allowed them to make fun of him uh, <laughs> is pretty brilliant because I can't see uh, Zaslov being made fun of. Right. You know, like I, 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 especially someone like Feige who has been this successful to just allow them to poke a joke at him. I think that's, I, I, I it's opened my eyes a little bit to his personality and I, I kind of appreciate it. And then uh, Guao talks about uh, the the original uh, pitch for what they wanted to do with Kevin and blah, blah, blah. But I thought the robot thing was pretty cool. And uh, I appreciated everything from her breaking into the writer's room and all that jazz. It was just, it was just a lot of fun. Um, I know it didn't work for some people, um, but I, I really do think that this show is one of the most comic faithful adaptations we've ever seen. Um, it, it, I, I highly recommend uh, reading John Burns' run. As, as well as Dan Slott's run to really get a grasp of this version of She-Hulk. Um, I couldn't be more happier. It's top five MCU for me. Like, it's mm-hmm. that good. Two, two of my top five MCUs are, are Disney Plus shows, oh, She-Hulk and, Winter, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. So um, I, I really appreciated this. And it's it was just beautiful from start to finish. Uh, I, I, I can't believe they did it. it it's, it's still kind of mind-boggling to me that we got a She-Hulk and, and you know, and the, the surprise at the end was very nice. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see, I, I'm actually kind of interested to see what they do with the Hulk. Uh, I'm, I'm really f- excited for the future of Hulks, both of them, whether it's a season two of She-Hulk or a, or a Hulk movie. Right. Um, there's a lot that needs to be explained with where the Hulk was during all this. And right. uh, I think they teased that and it's, it's gotten me very excited. I just, again, if he can just get a little bit taller. I think I'd appreciate it a little bit more. That's a fair criticism. One I didn't even think of, but you're right. Uh, he definitely seems to have gotten smaller and shorter uh, throughout his MCU career. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a very fair point. Um, I The beginning of the finale, I loved. You're, I'm totally there with you on that. The the throwback to the the TV show, the Hulk TV show, mm. Frank Noah and Bill Bixby. That was fantastic. Even the uh, chick who played the She-Hulk, like... Because remember, that's what I wanted in the beginning. Yes. I was kind of, I wanted a, a Ferrigno style Hulk. Uh huh. So it was fun to finally get that. Yeah. So I mean, that all that stuff was great, and and that was cool. I just thought when they started doing and in, getting into that one area where they were playing around with the MCU and kind of poking fun at it, and um, I thought it might have been a little too much at certain points. Uh, that was the part of it was I was kind of like, yeah, I get it. It's cool. And I, I agree with you. It's great that they did it and that Feige was so cool with it. And like we, what we learned from the article, I just thought it was a little too much, uh, at certain points They tried a little bit too hard, but I seem to be in the minority because a lot of people seem, <laughs> seem to really have loved this finale. So I'm, I'm in the minority on this one. Uh, the show overall was hit or miss for me. Uh, some episodes I loved, some of them I thought were fantastic, uh, some were kind of hokey to me, but I guess that's kind of what they were going for. Uh, that's really and, who she is. Right. Like I, and now like you were telling me I should read the comic. So I probably should just say so I have a better idea of who she is as a character. But for, as far as production value, uh, acting performances, direction, all of that, I think the show was fantastic. Like I think Maslani was great. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. Like she's so lovable. She just is right. Like she was great. Uh, 
the girl who plays Nikki, her friend, was fantastic. Hysterical. Right? Very funny. Yeah. Uh, um, Tim Roth was great. Seeing Tim Roth back as Abomination was great. And, and Wong. Wong and, yeah. Yeah, having all of those. Pug. Right? Pug was hysterical. Right, Pug. And then who was the, the drunk girl? What was her name? Uh, At the, the wedding? No, the one that um, in the episode, she gets kidnapped. Oh, I can't remember her name. And then Wong has to, she's the one that she defends in yes, court. Yes, I know who you're yeah, about. That character. She was fantastic. Like the show is just very good uh, on that level. Uh, CGI very, very was great. I think, I think at first, remember when everyone ripped the show apart with the first image of She-Hulk? Like, the trailer, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Can we, like, can we not rip the first thing we see apart? But yeah, I thought it looked good. You know, coming from someone who didn't want that style of She-Hulk, I thought it was really great. I thought it worked wonderfully. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, man, it's just so good to me. It really was. I, I, I loved it from start to finish. Yeah, it definitely was like the last one was the, the finale was a curveball ending and maybe it didn't sit with me right away. Cause again, you always talk about expectations. That's not what I was expecting. So maybe if I watched it again, I might feel differently, mm-hmm. but, uh, overall, like I said, it's a very solid entry into the, into the MCU. I, it's another, to me, another one of their shows that. Uh, that worked for the most part, uh, but then, then it, just some of the like I said, some of it I thought was just. Yeah, well, goofy. to be honest, you should have expected the finale because uh, Casey Walsh said it on our show. <laughs> he told the world that she was going to come at Kevin Feige at some point in the series. So, um, you know, yeah, and she talks about Casey that, broke right? that news on our show. He did, he did, and she does talk about it. Uh, you know. Uh, in this article, she, they asked her about, you know, what was she envisioned? And she was like, no, originally I was going to do a typical uh, what we would expect. And she thought she had to do that. And then when she started talking about him, he was like, no, hey, I'm down. Do what you got to do, uh, which is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's I mean, it just it seems like this guy's a real joy to work with. You know, uh, I, I mean, you know, we, Mickey Rourke aside um, and maybe probably Terrence Howard. Um, it seems like everyone, you know, he, he's, uh, he gets it. And especially you, cause you think like by now he'd have this huge ego. Yep. You know? And I know we said it earlier, like maybe they stretched, they're stretching their productions too thin and whatnot, but that's more like that. That doesn't come from like a develop a show. Like, I don't know. It just, it just seems like, sh- how do I want to word this? He just seems like he gets certain things. Like he knows how to really interact with people. And maybe that's probably why Ali hasn't left blade with all the trouble mm-hmm. because Feige is so reassuring. Yeah. You know? I think that's fair. Like and I easy think, to work with. Yeah. I think I definitely think that's fair. I mean, I, we, like we talked about, we've heard stories about how there's been directors who are unhappy, but weren't happy with having to play, I guess, in the sandbox and Edgar Wright is one of them. Right. And following uh, specific kinds of things that you have to do in the MCU. They've kind of talked about that. But, you know, it it definitely seems that it's very, very loose in that regard now. Like we kind of the more we hear about how Feige is to work with, that seems to be either changing from what it was or it's just they it was misinterpreted by those directors. So the one thing that we talked about a little bit and because I said to you before we came on air, I said to Pete, I said, I don't know if we're getting a second season. Um. And you were like, why? I said, well, the end, the last question they asked Jessica Gao is if the finale, they said that the finale could double as a series finale. 
And they asked her if she played it that way. And she says she always plays things that way because she's been writing for TV for a very, very long time. And you're never sure that you're going to get another season. Mm. So I think it's the best mentality to have. Right. It's almost very Chris Nolan of her put everything into one film and then see what happens. And if it happens, happens like, you know, sometimes, you know, you look at a movie like, let's say uh, green lantern, which had an amazing tease with an amazing actor Yes. And nothing and or even, you know, and it doesn't come to fruition. Even something like Zack Snyder's Justice League, which tease is something that we're probably never going to get. Yep. You know, and you know, it, there's something to be said for uh, a movie or a TV sh- or a season to have a definitive ending. And uh, if this is the only season of She-Hulk we get, then so be it and that's fine, but I I can't imagine this that being the case. But I appreciate her doing it that way though. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, Unless it, you're reassured. And in Hollywood, I don't wouldn't trust anyone. Right. I mean, there have been plenty of shows we've watched after after one season they get canceled. And we're like, we don't know what happens, right? Like, mm. <laughs> they leave it on a cliffhanger. You never get that question answered. So I agree with you. If you write under that guise of, oh, I might not get a second shot at this, it's probably the best way to be. So I 100% agree with you. All right. So, guys, we are about a month away now from Wakanda Forever. And apparently there's going to be a timeline jump uh, from where we are in the MCU. So it's according to the production notes, there's kind of a, you know, a, a, I guess a mourning period for T'Challa that people are going through and, and the residents of Wakanda. So Shuri and, and everyone else are kind of just taking a step back from what's going on. And uh, and that's the time gap is the time period that gives Namor the chance to rise and come up. So what do you think of that? What do you think of the time jump here? And uh, uh, Well, I kind of think it's the only way to do it, to be honest with you. I, you know, but, uh, Mr. Bozeman is no longer with us. Right. So obviously he can't film anything. Um, so how do you go about this? Uh, he, apparently he will pass off screen mm-hmm. and we will see, I believe, you know, and it's not a spoiler. Like we've seen in the trailer, which seems to be a, a funeral uh, procession. Yes. Um, so, you know, we'll see that and then we'll f- kind of fast forward some time and Adla- it's not Atlantis, but I don't know what to call this place. I know it's not Atlantis in the MCU, but Atlantis. Temecula? We'll s- Tem- something. Yeah. It's not Atlantis, but I think it's something with it. I- yeah. But Atlantis yeah. will rise and seize to take control. And I, to me, this is a this is a very interesting concept uh, as to have Namor as a villain, uh, and uh, you know, because he's always had his bad side. He always thinks of Atlantis first, and uh, he has his agenda. And I, it's going to be cool. This is almost like almost like an old knights movie, right? Like an old King Arthur type movie. You got two kings essentially, or I guess Shuri's the queen. You get the king and the queen, mm-hmm. two countries invading each other, battling it out. It's it's uh, it's it's almost like a war film, um, right? It's yep. very interesting. Uh, so the closer we get to it, the more and the more they release. I'm very intrigued. But I'm, I'm like, man, I really wish there was some way T'Challa could have been. I know last week we're like, man, maybe because you hear Coogler like almost quit and he's crying, he's having a hard time, and you're like, man, like I, I feel so bad for him. Maybe this is the best thing. But like, oh man, to see a, a really just going back, you know, background aside, that that T'Challa Killmonger fight at the end of the movie was really good. Right. You know, action packed. Like, and then I would love to see, you know, that with Namor. 
Um, so we'll see what Shuri's got up of her sleeve. We know she's going to don a suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see uh, how good she is in hand-to-hand combat and what she can do with little wing feet. You know, let's see how she can take that. You know, it'll, it'll be interesting right. to see her take on the more. Um, but the time jump's interesting. I, I, I think it's the only way you can do it. I, I just, unless you got some kind of archival footage that you can use or something. I just, I, I, I'm not a filmmaker, so I have no idea. Right. But, you know, I, I trust Kugler. Like, he, he, He's he's probably the best director in the MCU overall, right? At this point, at the height of his career, he's in his prime. Yeah, when it comes to critically acclaimed stuff, I think he's probably number one on the list. Uh, With have, multiple films, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. have Chloe Zhao, who won an Oscar as for Best Director, but I mean, yeah, she you really... Know, you have Raimi in there too, but he only directed one movie. This is Coogler's second, so... Right, so we're gonna... We have, you know, this... Right, this very, very accomplished guy and... It sounds like he's going to be a big part of whatever they do going forward. Uh, in I was the, surprised he, as well, he, so. he did, he's not going to get an Avengers film. You know, I know they gave it to the Shang-Chi guy and I thought he did a fantastic job. Like I love Shang-Chi. I thought right. that movie was amazing. So like no, no, no qualms there, but um, I'm surprised that they, they just have Coogler wrapped up for Black Panther. I, th- I think he would be a fantastic director in any project. So the more Coogler yep. I get, the better. I agree. So we'll see what happens. Uh, this is one of my more anticipated movies of the year. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So we'll see how everything works in about a month, guys. Um, the, November 11th is the premiere. That's great. Date, we so. got Black Adam in like a week and then we have Black Panther in a month. Yes. I'm going to talk more about Black Adam li- a little later because I, as you know, I've seen the movie. So I'll talk. I about had it. no idea you saw the movie. <laughs> I I'll know you talk- had dinner with The Rock. I did not know you saw the movie. Well, you I know, know he, 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 I know he, he requested to meet the champion of Long Island. He did, and and it was very nice of him to to bring me out to. Uh, we went to Smith and Walensky's. They had a nice little steak dinner. Uh, it was very very. What did you cool. get? Uh, you must have got he the revered me. No, no, no. I'm more of a ribeye guy. I had a nice ribeye. You paid uh, right I mean, with some cream. He's, he's in your city. Hell no, I didn't pay. What are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the champ. They need to show me the love. He, he was coming to my city. Uh-uh. Wow, jeez. We, we don't play that. That's that's my. So city, that's so. it. That's the that's the big cameo. Uh, Eric is in Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, that's the that's the end credit scene, guys. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I'm Eric's in Black Adam. Yeah. That's all it is. It's me and the Rock having steak. It, it's Smith of the Woodsby's. That's it. Don't so Garrett's upset because he's vegan and doesn't eat steak. <laughs> So don't uh you know don't expect anything more than that. All this other crap people are talking about, yeah, it's it's crap. Don't don't expect anything more than that. Uh so everyone I think loves most people anyway love the Watchmen comic and the show that was just on HBO, and of course the film I think has gotten more and more of love as time has passed uh, for Watchmen. So we know the creator of Watchmen is Alan Moore. And recently he spoke about super adults liking superhero films. And it was a very, very interesting take <laughs> on uh, the, what he says uh, c- can happen. So this is the quote. I said around about 2011 that I thought that it had a serious and worrying implications for the future. If millions of adults were queuing up to see Batman movies, because that kind of infantilization that urge towards simpler times, simpler realities that can very often be a precursor to fascism. Now, Eric is a fascist. What do you have to say? <laughs> yes, as someone who has been called a fascist. Uh, numerous just, times. Yes, numerous times. That, to me, is just weird. I don't understand uh, the thought process behind that. 
Um, he can cont- like he explains it even more. You he know, tries to at least. Right. He says like the, lining up to see characters that were made for twelve year old boys. Um, you know that they're really not adult films, and it was misunderstood. Thank God they're not adult films. <laughs> and it was misunderstanding of what happened in the eighties. Uh, and then he's like takes blame for it. He's like, I never thought Watchmen would like lead people down this path, and I mean, it's very very interesting. Uh, but so I he's blaming himself. <laughs> he does. I'm like, yeah, like he does include himself in this. He's not like being blind to the fact that. You know, you wrote one of the more acclaimed comics ever, number one. Well, I mean, a lot of, I mean, we're talking about Watchmen, V for right. Vendella, The Killing Joke, his Swamp Thing yep. run. Uh, the, what happened to, the, what whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? Um, like, he has written some of the greatest of the greats. Like, like he's in the Mount Rushmore. You have to put him on the Mount Rushmore of, of comic book creators, in my opinion. Um, mostly because of the stories. He, I know he hasn't created that many characters, but, you know his his work his takes yeah Yeah. his takes um i to me he he reminds me of dean kane i like watching dean kane on tv and movies and stuff i don't care what he says outside of that (laughs) you know to be brutally honest because most of the time i don't agree with it um i I just alan moore i appreciate your work but i don't really care because every time you talk you're just this grumpy old man you don't appreciate anything you don't want your name associated with anything, even though, you, you know, like the V for Vendetta movie, he didn't want his name on the credits. I believe he right. wanted on the credits of Watchmen. Um, I, I, I just don't understand him. Like this medium has created so much wealth and given him so much opportunities to do other things and all that. Like I, I read his book, Jerusalem. It was very fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's huge. Um, so like I've read his stuff outside of comics. I, I just don't get it, man. Like, what is your deal? Like, can you just like, honestly just shut up i just don't care yeah i agree i think he has to kind of you know like stop talking down to something that's been so benefit like you said so beneficial for you it's like hugo weaving when he destroys these transformers movies it's like dude you sit you go and i don't want to discredit voice acting but it's like you're behind a microphone and you don't have to get dressed you don't do anything you know it's you still have to do your job, but like you talk about it, like it's like so beneath you. If it's so beneath you, don't take the job. But you get a fat paycheck and you want the money, so just shut up. I agree. Yep. Be quiet. It's same thing like with when James Cameron kind of attacks stuff, and and uh, even Martin Scorsese when they kind of talk about these films, this medium, this comic book medium, uh, film medium. It's just kind of like you know what, you guys are so accomplished. Just why even talk about? It? Like why even mention it? Just be quiet. You do you continue to do what you do. You're great at what you do, but let other people do what they do. And, you know, it's fine. The The whole fascism thing, though, was just very strange. I don't see how watching comic book movies can make you want to become a fascist. I have no idea. It, it, it just sounds like diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, but Alan Moore is always good for a headline like that. That's at this point, like, I don't know what else he's doing except making <laughs> these stupid statements that make headlines for fanboys on the Internet. You're 100% correct. Like I don't half these guys, I have no idea what the hell, what why they're talking about this stuff. And like, if you, just, if you have such a problem with the comic book medium and what it's been doing and what its audience interprets, why don't you put pen to paper and write something worth value? Yeah, like, I mean, why don't I'm you sure, try to change the game. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that if he said I wanted to write a script for a film, a comic book film, I'm pretty sure they would be like, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, or just a it. comic book in general, like. He, 
let's go. Like, if you're that upset with everything, like, why don't you try to be the the voice of reason, be the change instead of just, you know, (laughs) sitting at home complaining in your recliner. I agree. And I just, you know, I just don't get it. You know, I just don't get it at all. It seems like he's just very out of touch. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's, it's all these older guys who make these comments about things and, you're right. It just sounds very get off my lawnish uh, when they when they make these comments. So, uh, if you guys want to read the article, it's in Variety. Uh, and obviously, it's linked on our pages, our social media pages, so you guys can check it out over there. So, you know what season we're in, Pete? Uh, isn't it like Fresh Ball Fall? Yes, sir. It is Fresh Ball Fall. That's it's right. the season of pumpkin spice. And making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding in excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping using our code GOTHAM. So yes, we are in fall. I still want the. I still have to reach out to them and talk about the pumpkin spice scent. What I think, <laughs> what I think is, it should be nut skin spice. Very very good. I know. I think I think that's it. I, you know. But wouldn't that be kind of a nice? What chick doesn't want a nice nut skin spice latte? <laughs> right. Well, for that matter, you know, anybody it doesn't it doesn't have to be a girl. It'd be a dude. You know. Like, Whatever, whatever you're into, like you know, nut skin spice. I think that's I think that that's what that that would be a nice name for a product. I'm, we'll have to reach out to them. Right, it's very important. I th- you know, it's even though kind of summertime is the time as guys we know that things can get a little weird down there. You're sweating more, and of course it's hotter. Uh, but you know, you just even in the fall, you want you're starting to wear heavier clothing, so it still might be a messy situation down there for you, depending on your uh, how much you sweat. So it's important to have keep your hygiene routine uh, in that area, kind of um, all year round. Kind of just keep that area going. I mean, you just don't get haircuts in the summer. You get haircuts in, in the winter too, right? Yep, you do. So always so, got to uh, mow the lawn, as they say. <laughs> yep, and if we can mow the lawn, of course, with the Lawnmower 4.0, uh, which is obviously their latest version which has skin safe technology to make sure that it get a little bit more protection down there. Uh, it's waterproof. So, you know, you can kind of take it in the shower with you if you want to. You're doing it in the bathtub. Yep. Well, I don't know about the bathtub. I don't know if you could submerge <laughs> it in water, but definitely the shower, definitely the shower. Uh, we could do that. Uh, with that, we, Pete and I have talked about the, the body sprays and the, and the sprays for, you know, the, the ball deodorant, uh, the ball spray. The, the we've talked about how much these things are the scent for these things and how awesome they've been uh, to have these things keep things cool and fresh and neat below the belt. You get we, we've also talked about the boxers, so you get that if you get the platinum package, uh, the nice little travel bag. So all this stuff is there, guys. Of course, when you go to manscaped.com and get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Gotham. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code Gotham. Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunk's time to shine. Man, I would love to meet the people who make these slogans. They they do a fantastic job. 
They really do. If you guys the follow follow them on social media, it's fun. I do. Yeah, it's I, a, I have to. They, they sponsor us. Yeah, it'd be stupid not to. It's they a don't fun follow. Follow me back though. Follow me back. You sponsor my show. I agree. We need to get. Uh, maybe I'll reach out. I'll be like, hey, can you get them to follow us? I could always follow appreciate one more follower. True. True. I'm not a fascist like Eric. <laughs> Shout out with that already. <laughs> So, uh, at New York Comic Con, well, recently we got a couple releases of things, a couple of cheeser trailers. Uh, one of them was for Titans season four. Uh, pretty cool footage, I think. Uh, gives you more of an idea of where the season's going. We saw a little bit of Lex, uh, the new Lex Luthor in there. We know they're going to be spending time in Metropolis. Uh, there was a little bit, uh, another little bit, a uh, snippet of a clip with tim drake and mm-hmm. using the bow staff and things like that so what do you are you like more excited now pete for titan season four are you ready well, the, the, uh um i it gave me like the teaser for titan season four gave me like this almost this horror movie vibe you know it starts off with like that blair witch logo and then it's like it's not much but it's just a puddle of blood it seems like a burning it's like a burning occult logo and then it transitions to like this this pool of blood and this hand that rises out of it. So it's very creepy. And right. I was like, ooh, this is interesting. I kind of like what they're doing with the blood, uh, Brother Blood, um, a character who I'm not too familiar with, but I'm excited to see. But what really got my juices going was that Doom Patrol tease, man. Oh, those butts with the teeth and everything. Fantastic. Uh, and then everyone's in love with Brendan Fraser, obviously, for good reason. Um, so he makes his return as is the cast. I, I'm so excited. Didn't see a whole lot of cyborg in that teaser, so I'm wondering what's going on with that. Um, it was, it was, but it was a lot of those those funny butt things um, from last season. So really excited because last season was not the best in my opinion. I thought the other two that came before it were a lot better. Yeah, but uh, this I'm very excited for this because like I'm expecting something really crazy. Yeah, it's definitely uh, that show could it continues the 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 weirdness. I want to say it kind of knows what it is. It stays in that weirdness lane. I and love that it pushes all these crazy boundaries, man. It definitely really does. Do. It definitely does. And it's a show. To be honest, it's not for everybody. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people I know who are outside of this medium who who kind of watch it and they're like, "Yeah, it's kind of dumb. I don't care for it." Uh, but I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, so I still the, I have volume one of the omnibus, or I have to read. I haven't read it yet, but I'm so, like, this show has made me so interested in Doom Patrol that I have to read some of it. I'm just so fascinated by it. It's unlike anything else. It is. It's really unlike any other show uh, out there. I can only the only show I think even comes close to it on a zany level is probably Peacemaker. Uh, yeah. You know, on a on kind of a weirdness crazy level, that's probably the only other show I could say yes could compare. But I'm I'm looking forward to. I agree with you. Season three, I didn't love uh, as much as the first two seasons, but this looks very very good. And of course, as you guys know, I'm I'm in for Titans, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But they're both coming very very soon. So very excited. I just I. I... I love what HBO Max has been doing and even DC universe before that. Like I appreciate everything that they contributed and, you know, I'm really interested to see what they do with these shows, mostly because like with Doom Patrol, you never know what to expect. And to be honest, I don't know what to expect with Blother, Blother. I keep saying Blother, combining the two words, Brother Blood. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what it goes. And I like when they take characters that I don't know much about and I can learn and I have to 
do my research. Like I appreciate it when they make me do some work as opposed to like something like Batman where it's like, I feel like I know what I need to know. Like I know most of it, you know, I don't need to do too much homework on Batman. I know it already, but Doom Patrol, I know nothing. So it's like, oh, cool. This gives me something new to read and focus on. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I agree. This is a show uh, when, when it's something you, I mean, I obviously know a lot less about most comic book stuff than you. So when it, but when it's something like crazy like this and that kind of pulls me in Mm -hmm. uh, just because it's different than anything else that we see. So I'm very, very looking forward to season four again. I never Uh, thought I would love talking butts and sex ghosts so much. (laughs) Yep. Or uh, the goat from season one. Yeah. Um, Oh man, that was so weird. Right. All of this just very, very strange, strange stuff in in the show. Rita's just a whack job. Rita's, she's great. (laughs) The fact she hasn't won an Emmy yet is kind of annoying. Uh, There's a couple. She is, yeah, she's so fantastic. What's her name? Who plays uh, Crazy Jane? I mean, yeah, uh, Diane, Diane oh, Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, how that how that woman hasn't won an award for something is beyond me. Yeah, they're they're the cast is so fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to season four mm-hmm. of Doom Patrol. So I said before uh, we, we mentioned Black Adam before, so I can I'll kind of just speak on. We'll kind of just go there now with Black Adam. Uh, guys, I'm not going to spoil anything here. Uh, well, you did. You already told us you were in the movie. Yeah, well, besides that. But I'm not going to spoil anything else. So if you guys watch, I mean, listen to this, you don't have to worry about me uh, saying anything about the movie that is going to be um, problematic or give anything up. So I said I was on a show on Friday. I did a live stream on Friday night with the Vigil- Vigilante. You guys, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, but this movie is an action-packed two-hour film. It's very much a guy film, I you know traditional guy movie. Lots of uh, very high-paced, doesn't slow down. It hits hard right from the beginning. Uh, it's not a typical Dwayne Johnson vehicle. Uh, it's very much. Um, I mean, no, it is a typical Dwayne Johnson vehicle. It's not a typical Dwayne Johnson performance. That's one of the things. His his mm-hmm. take on Teth Adams shows a little bit of range uh, with the character, which is something. Um, I think a lot of people were happy to see, uh, at least from watching the reactions I've seen so far from people who have seen it. He definitely gives probably one of the better acting performances of his career. Uh, Brosnan is fantastic. Hodge is fantastic. Like they're so, so good in this movie. You got, you don't get to see too much of um, Adam Smasher and Cyclone, at least they're kind of like the second layer. Mm-hmm. Uh, those three that I mentioned are kind of the top layer of the film. Um, we all know that uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller is in it. Uh, and anytime she's on screen, obviously I watch. She's just so fantastic. I I would watch anything she does. So you have that. Um, but very, very good. I, very, I really loved it. Uh, I don't know if it's because I've been waiting for something like this for a while, but it, it's finally cool to go to watch a comic book movie where I'm not worried about, uh, you know, not having to piece things together or put things uh, together in my head or it's just very much this is what I am it knows what it is and it goes there and I loved it it was great uh, I just wanted to put that out there very quickly for you guys so I want to of course when you guys go see it I want to hear your re- re- responses and reactions but Pete uh, what's your hype level for Black Adam now that you know I've seen it and I've kind of given you a little bit of insight because you called me right after we spoke about it on Wednesday night so well, it's it's been very consistent. It's been the same as it's been since day one. I, I look forward to it. I can't wait to see it. Um, I appreciate what everyone's been saying about it who has seen it on Twitter. I know some people have spoiled some things. I've kind of stayed away from that. 
Um, uh, I, it's it sounds like everything I've expected it to be, which is a a rock movie. I think the only movie that The Rock has made that I didn't like was San Andreas. Um, and he just seems like an old school action star, and that seems kind of what this movie is. And uh, you know, like I don't go into a rock movie expecting to you know it be like uh, Inception. Or, you know, it's it's not going to make me think too much. I just, I, I think he makes just good old action flicks. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all love our popcorn films. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I've been excited since day one. My only concern with this movie is just, you know, how it connects to the universe of Shazam. And I've been told there's uh, more than a connective tissue to please me. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, I can't wait to see what this post credit scene is that everyone can't stop but spoil. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, am I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I'm just, it's nice to have, you know, to see the rock go on this tour and to see him basically in full performer mode in something I haven't seen really since his WWF days. Right. Um, it gets me really excited. And I, I believe he's saying all the right things on all these red carpets and press junkets. And that gets me more excited. He's talking about the DC universe as a whole. Um, I think he's, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, I don't want to take a bite out of Marvel's apple. I want my own apple. Um, you know, it, it seems like the rock seems to be kind of a calming force. I don't want to compete with them. I want to, you know, I want to, I want us to do our own thing and worry about ourselves. So like he's saying all the right things, whether that stuff comes to fruition or not is yet to be seen, but I just, he is the ultimate hype man. And I'm very excited to finally see this movie. It's about a week away. Um, I will be able to see it op- opening weekend, and I'm very excited about that. Good um, stuff. You know, uh, I know some people like Ryan Haas are not going to see it on opening weekend for some reason, uh, but which is you know a, a show in itself. Yeah, uh, I- I'll be there to support it. Uh, I-, I support all these movies. Um, I- I'm very excited. I'm thrilled. Uh, reactions seem to be positive. Um, you compare it to Aquaman a lot. Uh, which is great. Yeah. I love Aquaman. Yeah. So I'm expecting this movie to make a lot of money and probably sit around to 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is more than enough for me. Yeah. That's, that's the, of when you're thinking of DC films, that's kind of where, where I went uh, right away when I was watching it. I'm like, wow, this is very similar to the theme, the style of what Aquaman, what Aquaman was. Uh, so if you like Aquaman guys, you're probably going to like this movie. Uh, so, but everything you were saying is, you know, I, I hope you love it. I really do. I, I hate when uh, these kind of films can divide people uh, for silly reasons. So I just hope everyone out there loves it as much as I do. But if you don't, that's fine. You know, I definitely want to hear that as well. I'd like to hear the reactions to it. Uh, just hearing you were talking about how the rock is just the, the greatest promoter. And when you listen to him talk about it though, you know how long it's been like 15 years. Uh, yeah. 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 This you know? is uh this is a project that he's really kind of uh, been keen to, and you could tell he's very passionate about it. Uh, you know, whenever one of these actors says they grew up reading comic books, I always take that with a grain of salt, you know, cause you know, I, I feel like <laughs> they just, they just say that to say that sometimes. Um, so I, I never really take too much interest in that, but you know, uh, if a character is cool enough to like black Adam, who isn't really a mainstay to the general audience and stuck out to this guy, I think that's cool. Um, the fact I don't know who approached to it, the movie. Um, but I, I, again, I'm just happy it's made, you know, there's, there's a reason why the rock is, I believe he's the most highly paid actor in Hollywood. So yeah. Have that guy on, on the Warner brothers side in their comic book division is a, uh, is a blessing in my mind. 
Um, and, uh, you know, if this movie is as good as you say it is, I, I think we're in uh, business with The Rock for a long time. I think we're going to see a lot of Black Adam um, in sequels and in other movies. Um, I know Aldous Hodge is already uh, um, championing uh, bringing Hawkgirl into the scene, as well as uh, uh, Mr. Terrific, which I would love to see because Me uh, too. Michael, Michael Holt is a, is a really amazing character. Um, I would love to see T-Spheres in live action that has nothing. And you know, that's one of the CW characters. I don't like that much. So <laughs> I can be critical of the CW and their Hawkman and their Mr. Terrific are not my favorites, but um, I, I, again, black going back to black Adam. I can't wait to see this. I'm excited for it. Um, I, I'm excited to see Amanda Waller again. Like you said, I know she's in, she was in a trailer, so that's not a spoiler. Uh, that's very interesting. Um, and I'm wondering where this movie just fits continuity wise within the DCEU, just for my own, uh, not, not to critique it, but just, just out of pure curiosity, because I believe in man of steel has declared that like superheroes didn't exist before, before that movie. So, uh, just trying to piece it together, uh, for the old comic book continuity sake, uh, for fun, but really just overall excited for this movie and what it brings to the table. And just, again, happy to have the rock in my corner. Yeah. Uh, we smell what he's cooking, right? We we're, you know, we're very, very, <laughs> it smells very good Turn right now. Baseball bat sideways. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we're ready there. One of the, well, you talked about connective tissues and this we could talk about because it's the photo was released. So we could put it out there. I'll put that out there. Um, Jennifer Holland's character as Harcourt from uh, Peacemaker shows up in this, mm-hmm. which isn't too much of a stretch because we know Waller's there. So we kind of know the connection from the show. Uh, but yeah, she shows up in this. It's not a long scene. It's a very, very short scene, but she's there. Uh, so we have that connectivity there, right? Between uh, Black Adam and Peacemaker. Uh, and Suicide Squad, right? And Suicide Squad, right? You know, Task Force. Um, not Task Force. What am I talking about? Oh, anyway, so the connective tissue is all there for uh, for that. If you're interested in how it's going to connect. And if you're interested in the fact that it's still within a, a shared universe. So there you guys go. You have that. To... Would you say this movie, could this movie stand alone on its, could this movie stand alone if it had to just out of curiosity? I think it could as a jumping off point film. Mm-hmm. Right. So like this could be, this could have been the first movie in a shared universe kind of thing. Like kind of like the, the MCU used Iron Man, like using someone like black Adam, mm-hmm. obviously with the rock, you could have that because it does introduce the JSA. Uh, and if some listen- people have said soft reboot and it's just kind of funny to me, like, okay, so we're going to reboot this thing and then we're going to reboot it again with the flash. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to, not going to just rip anything apart, but I'm just curious to see what, you know, how this all plays out. Yeah. I, I, I think what we're getting now from DC and if, as we know, as long as Warner brothers stays kind of in this lane, it, probably going forward is we, we're going to have options. If you like this kind of stuff, you'll have that. And then if you like the Batman type of stuff, you'll have that. That seems to be the best thing for me because yeah. that's, that's no different than walking into a comic book store. Right. Like I can buy the main Batman title in the DC universe, or I can buy something black label that is, you know, on its own or, you know, it fits in wherever you want it to fit in. So I, to me, that's, that's still the best of both worlds. Yep. So it looks to be, that looks to be the path they're going. And again, the flash might change all of that. I have no idea. I haven't seen the flash yet, (laughs) but uh, I'm very excited with where they are. And this movie just adds to that excitement. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, We did have a pretty cool piece of casting news uh, in the Marvel universe. As we know, 
uh, William Hurt passed away and he had played General Ross in the Avengers films and in the Incredible Hulk. And but uh, we got a, another one from a different galaxy to kind of co- another actor from a different galaxy. And of course, I'm talking about Harrison Ford. Uh, apparently he will be in Thunderbolts playing um, General Ross. So that for me, that's cool uh, as me and my big Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. But if you're an Indiana Jones fan to, you know, Han Solo, Blade Indiana Jones, Blade yeah, Runner, yeah. I mean, it's Harrison of, Ford. Right. It's Harrison Ford. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who love Air Force One. I like Air Force One. Who doesn't? It's great. It's like, <laughs> get off my plane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which led to get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> I like it. I have no, I have no gripes with the casting. I mean, how can you? It's Harrison Ford. He's right. probably one of the greatest actors I've ever seen. I do think it's very interesting how with Marvel bringing everyone back from the past, seems like a missed opportunity to not bring back Sam Elliott. You're talking about one of the greatest mustaches in the history of uh, uh, live action anything. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. one of the greatest voices of all time. His voice yes. is probably more recognizable than his actual face. Um, it, it's a little surprising Sam Elliott wasn't brought back. Just curious because he, he played this role at one point in Ang Lee's Hulk. So right. um, I, I thought that would have been cool. Um, but it, yeah, apparently... Um, not everyone comes back in this phase of Marvel. I, I I do think it's a bit of a missed opportunity, though. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I'm just like, this is just awesome. Anytime you can add these level, this level of actor to this film. And man, he's like, he's in his 80s, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. but man, he keeps going. We know. I wonder getting... if he's going to sport a real mustache. That's fair. That's fair. Has Harrison Ford ever had a mustache? I want to say he's had it for certain roles. I can picture. I don't remember. Which he had one, a full I, beard in the fugitive, right? He had a full beard in the fugitive. I, I don't think say, I've ever seen him with a mustache. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know, but yeah. So that's pretty, pretty cool news. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's Harrison Ford. Exactly. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think it was uh, Lara will kill me if I get this wrong, but isn't it like a Ninja Turtles? Where Apronia wakes up, she's like, "Why can't I ever dream about Harrison Ford?" <laughs> it might have been. I, I think it, it might. I think it's the first Ninja Turtles movie where they uh, they wake her up in the sewer. Uh, so uh, I think Laura will know. <laughs> That's it. All right, I think we've come to an end. The end here. I think we're good. Well, no, actually, no, no. no. There's one story I want to talk about because oh, it's like the greatest thing of all time. Um, Colin Farrell has teased us about the penguin. Um, we know when it happens, it basically takes place, takes place a week after the events of the Batman. And from the description, he says in the, the scene where the show opens, he's walking through Falcone's office in the, in the flood and, uh, it, you know, it, through the puddles of water. So that makes me seem like that final scene where we see the penguin in the Batman, that's where the show opens. And then it'll do a little bit of a time jump. Um, a Wakanda Forever style, maybe a week. So again, really excited. He's pumped for it. He says it's really good. He says it's 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 so well written. Um, and he didn't, I believe, it was with Extra. Um, he did an interview and he says like the one thing he didn't like about the Batman was there wasn't enough Penguin because he really loved playing that <laughs> character and he wanted to do more. So this gives him that opportunity. And this is all music to my ears. I have I never in my life thought I would get an entire television show based on Oswald Cobblepot. 
And if I get eight hours of, of Colin Farrell in a fat suit, I'm going to be like a pig in shit. So <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I, I just, I am so pumped for this show. This might be my most anticipated DC project to date. Um, you know, it, it's right up there with my anticipation for the Batman. And, you know, just to hear Colin just back it up every time he talks about it gets me so much more invested in this. I can't, I, I can't wait. I might just watch the Batman right now. Cause I'm so, I just need to see that <laughs> ugly, hideous penguin. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to throw it in the rundown. I just, I don't know why I didn't, I should have, I don't know why you didn't either. That. I'm sorry. <laughs> it well, was a no, video too. You didn't have to read it. It was. You're hundred percent correct. It was, it was a video. Uh, it was, you're right. Like the passion behind him talking about this and playing this role and how much he actually, you know, loves this part and then finding out when it takes place. So you don't have to do a lot of mental gymnastics. You can kind of, mm-hmm. you know, put your mindset there right away. It's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to this show as well. He was one of my favorite things from the movie. I mean, I love the movie period, but he was one of those standouts for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm very, very looking forward to it. And you're right. The fact that we're getting a show based on the penguin alone uh, is nuts. It, the concept is nuts. It's crazy. Uh, with this kind of level actor, he's a very, very good actor. He always has been. And uh, the passion, like I said, the passion behind it is there. I always forget so. he has such a, a thick accent too, because he never uses it in his movies and he was promoting another movie. Uh, I forget. Is he, is he Irish? He's Irish. Yes. He's Irish. He was promoting another movie with uh, one of the guys who got cast as Joker. They're doing this Irish movie. And I was like, I've never heard him talk like this. Like outside of the press junket, you know, like I, right. I've never seen, cause you know, I forget about it after, but like, I love phone booth and stuff like that. And like, he never uses the, his real voice. And right. obviously as Oswald, it's nowhere near his real voice. It's nowhere near his Come real on. face. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Johnny yeah. Slick, you know, like yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm so excited for this. I, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for BOF about this. I've already called it. I told Bill, I'm going to do something with this. I might try to do some kind of Eric thing, live stream or something. I don't know, something fun, but I want to do something unique for this because I want to I want to talk about it, maybe post-game show after, like, and, and I want to involve people. And I want to, I, work, I really want to kind of create something fun for that, but I got to figure that out. But I, I mean, my anticipation level for this is second to none. I, I can't believe that I'm finally getting something so, just so like, oh, I've been, I've wanted this for a long time and I didn't even know I needed it. You know, like it's one of those things, so. I'm I'm pumped for it. I can't wait for it. So bring it on. Yeah, man. I'm there with you. hundred percent. So if you guys can't hear, Leia's actually barking. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. Let's, let's close this down. Pete, give him your, uh, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Zack Snyder's favorite platform bureau at Pete illustrated. You can follow podcast. Number one, the podcast you're listening to right now on Twitter and Instagram at straight underscore O underscore G check out our Facebook group and our Facebook fan page. Podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Just dropped a new episode yesterday. So we got one of that. You got one of this coming up. So you guys are going to have a lot of good stuff to listen to. And because uh, I know you love hearing my voice. I'm all over BatmanOnFilm.com, all over Batman on Film YouTube. I'm at Team Yellow Oval for some fun. Uh, hit me up. Let's talk about it. Um, what do you expect out of the Penguin series? Let me know your fan theories. I want to hear the craziest stuff you can think of because the body count in gotham city is going to rise and i can't wait for it all right thank you Pete. yeah i'm i'm looking forward like i said i'm looking forward to that as well you guys know where you can find me at finally 33 spell finale 33 on twitter also on instagram you can hit us up there check out our facebook group our facebook page 
all of our content's over there as well. Our Twitter handle is Pete mentioned at street underscore O underscore G. Check us out over there. You can check out my Nick's podcast at all Nick at all underscore Nick underscore up. Uh, we're it's kind of becoming a weekly thing now. It's usually every Wednesday. No. Yes. Every Wednesday night. Sorry. Uh, we usually do a live stream. So if you guys are into the New York Knicks, you want to check out the show, show me some love there. I'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. And again, when Titan starts in November, I will be reviewing Titans for Batman on film. So without further ado, I'm going to close the show for Pete. I'm Eric. You are listening to straight out of Gotham and we'll see you next time. Booyah. <laughs>